0: Stuff. bonus 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 welcome to a very special bonus episode of the good stuff kids podcast I talked to Ligia Villalobos, and Ligia was the head writer on a TV show called go Diego go if you don't know go Diego go it's the adventures of of a boy named Diego who's an animal rescuer. And each of my kids, all three, have had times in their lives where it was their absolute favorite show. Now, I should clarify here that uh, we are unabashedly a TV family. Our kids are very, very active, love to be running around, love to be doing things. And sometimes when we're in the house and need to get things done, the only way to keep people in one place and out of each other's hair is by putting on a TV show. That's just the way it is in my house. I know that everyone's different. No judgment on my end if you do or if you don't watch TV with your kids. Leahy and I connected via Twitter. I reached out to her because I was watching Go Diego Go, and I saw her name in the credits, and I thought, why not? That's sort of the name of the game with this podcast anyway. Why not, right? Let's just reach out and see what happens. And Lehia was so kind to respond and say that she'd be happy to do the show. Our chat was fascinating. I had a great time talking to her, and I learned so much about the process that goes into making a show like Go Diego Go. I think you'll find all of the educational aspects that she and her writing team had to fulfill fascinating. So thanks again to Lihia for taking the time to talk to me. If you've never watched Go Diego Go, go. It's totally worth it. Good Stuff Certified. Kids really love it. Lots of interesting information about animals. Thanks a lot for listening, and we'll see you next week.
1: Good Stuff!
0: It is uh, very, very cool for me to introduce you, the Good Stuff Kids podcast listeners, to someone who I've never met before, and I'll, I'll tell you a little bit of the story about how we got to this point after after I introduce our very special guest, Ligia Lobos. Ligia, how are you today?
1: Hi, good. How are you?
0: I'm doing great. So, Leah, you and I, we don't know each other.
1: No, we don't.
0: We don't. We, we, uh, I um, I reached out to you because...
1: On Twitter, I think.
0: Yep, yeah, on Twitter, because I, with my kids, watch a lot of a show called Go Diego Go, and you were very, very involved with that show, Correct.
1: I was the head writer on that show for the first three years. So I was responsible for the writing of 60 episodes. Uh, wow. On that
0: show. wow. So, so I saw your name when I was watching it and I thought what, what, it would be really interesting to get sort of a behind the scenes on something. That's a, a pretty big part of my family's life. And, and you were kind enough to, uh, to reply and send me an email. And, and I, I thank you again for being with us. And, you know, Go Diego Go is uh, is related to Dora, right? They're cousins.
1: Yes. Yeah, so, yes. So Dora is an explorer and Diego is an animal scientist and they're cousins who live in the rainforest of Latin America. So we've never really specified specifically what country they're from mm-hmm. because we want all kids to associate with them. Um, but they both are Latinos. They live in the rainforest somewhere in Latin America.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, were you involved in the, the process of the creation of the show, like the creation of the character and Baby Jaguar, obviously who everyone's a big fan of, or, or did those characters come fully formed to you and then you wrote for them?
1: They were fully formed because uh, Diego and Baby Jaguar were actually introduced on Dora before the show launched. So about a year or so before they even thought about having Diego as his own show, Um, The character was introduced on Dora. So I was brought into the show after they had done a 15 minute presentation on the show. Uh, uh, and, And before it went into like a half an hour, the first episode of the show. So I was involved right after the 15 minute presentation and through the creation of every other character that came after the initial pilot of that show. Mm-hmm. So Alicia was established, who is Diego's sister, Diego was established, baby Jaguar was established. But as more characters came into the story, as more animals were introduced to the story, all of like you know, all of that came in after I had I had started in the series. So I was pretty involved with it, but I definitely did not create it or develop it. It was created by the same creators of Dora.
0: So, so how did uh, how did they come to you? Like, how did did you have a background in writing kids' TV, or or how did this come to be?
1: Um, I had written for I had written um, a few episodes for a friend of mine who does children's programming. Um, I had done a pilot in five episodes. That's my doorbell, so I apologize if you all guys can't hear that. Somebody just delivering something. Um so um he was about to try to sell, go out and, and pitch a show uh, called Meteor the Monster Truck. And it was about um, preschool monster trucks on their way to becoming big monster trucks, basically. And so he asked me if I would write the pilot for it based on the characters that he had created. And it was like a short 15-minute script thing. So I ended up doing five episodes of that for him. The show eventually became known as uh, Bigfoot Presents Meteor and the Mighty Monster Track. So it was a show that was eventually created, produced, and aired on TLC for kids. Um, but I was not involved past the initial... Um, development of the show because the show eventually moved to Canada and it was produced in Canada so they needed Canadian writers for that show but I had um, so I I definitely had a little bit of experience in terms of writing because I had done that and I had done another uh, another pilot for him on the Flockhearts which was uh, a family of um, sheep also a little animated uh, show. Um, but really my experience more than anything else was overseeing children's program for the Walt Disney company in Latin America. So before I became a writer, I was an executive and as an executive for five of those years, I oversaw all television production in South America and it was mainly children's programming. And so Um, I I don't think they necessarily just hired me because of the scripts. I think they hired me because I knew Spanish. I was familiar with Latin America, having launched eight shows in seven countries. And in addition to that, I had now become a writer. Um, And so I think it was a combination of both having writing samples that they were looking for, but as well as a lot of my experience in children's programming that eventually they ended up hiring me as a head writer. And how that happened is they, you know, the the creators really wanted a head writer who was Latino on that show, which they did not have on Dora. And so they reached out to agencies, literary agencies in Hollywood. At the time I was with CAA, uh, which is a literary agency, and somebody there called me and said, would you be interested in something like this? And, um, I thought it might be kind of fun. And so I went through the interviewing process and eventually got the job.
0: Wow. And 60 episodes later, that's, yeah. uh, that's pretty incredible. Um, so was- how, there, there's how many episodes per season?
1: So there's 20 episodes per season. Uh, the episodes, in animation take a lot longer than on a regular show. So we have a cycle of about 18 months from beginning to delivery of an episode. It takes 18 months to complete. Um, And so, but I I was not involved really in the production of the show. I was really only involved in the writing of the show. So my cycle was only about nine months on the show versus 18 months. So I usually had about three months in between um, seasons for them to catch up. And before we started season two or season three.
0: Right. And, and Diego is uh, is an animal rescuer, Like that's, that's his, his main gig. Uh, yeah, the, 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 also
1: the, and an animal rescuer.
0: Yeah. He's uh, the world's youngest animal rescuer, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> so was, was part of your, uh, was part of your writing, um, researching the animals that, that would be appearing on the uh, on the show? Because I imagine that, like, you know, for certain ones, is a little bit easier, but, you know, maybe for, like, uh, I'm, I'm trying to, oh, for, like, Mackie, the, the macaroni penguin, right? Obviously a favorite, but...
1: Yeah, I but, mean, I, I did episodes on animals that I actually hadn't even heard of before I started, like a pygmy marmoset. I had no idea what a pygmy marmoset was. I had no idea what a kinkajou was, you know? So I was familiar with the more... Uh, popular animals like llamas, you know, obviously, or the scarlet macaw or, you know, the anaconda. I did an episode called Anna the Anaconda. So those, but I had never heard of a spectacle bear. (laughs) So a lot of what we had to do with the show, and the show was definitely uh, curriculum driven, which means that there has to be a learning component to the show. Um, And we have a lot of people that check all of that kind of stuff. You know, we had... A science consultant, we had a cultural consultant, Spanish consultant, zoo consultant, Smithsonian consultant. And in addition to all those people, we had an animal expert per animal. Wow. So we had someone in the in the zoo, um, at the Bronx Zoo, who would recommend specific people who were experts in that field. So for example, my spectacle bear expert was actually based in Venezuela. He wasn't in the United States. So sometimes we did have to talk to people who were outside of the United States to to yeah. give us information specifically about that animal. So it was very much, I mean, the kids in the first year I think had to learn something like 14 pieces of information about the animal. And then that was reduced because it was just too difficult to try to include that much information on a half an hour. So that was reduced to about eight pieces of information per episode. So it was very much a part of what the show was supposed to be about. And we did have a lot of check and balances throughout the development of each episode to make sure that we were meeting the requirements of the curriculum of the show.
0: So that, that's interesting. As a parent, it's, uh, it's reassuring to know that there is there's a standard that you all were trying to get to in, in terms of learning components, in terms of learning moments in the show, I guess is more accurate. So you started with,
1: I, I, I always tell parents, you know, that they don't have to worry at all about watching Diego. Right. Because the amount of research that went into it, the, the amount of focus groups that we had to do to make sure that the kids were actually learning the information was like no other show that i have ever worked on before mm-hmm. and no other show that i will ever work on again mm-hmm. it was ridiculous the amount of research and the amount of uh feedback that we would get from all these different scientists all all these different entities giving wow. us notes on every outline every script
0: so so who set the who set the bar i guess who said there needs to be 14
1: I mean, the creators, it, it, it was definitely, I mean, they they had a very high bar on Dora to begin with. Um, they dealt with cultural consultants and Spanish consultants and um, people who did the curriculum for them. The curriculum on Dora, obviously, she explored.
0: Right.
1: You know, and so, you know, creating a map, you know, that's part of exploration. Making sure that there was a journey in terms of how she would get from one place to the other. Although, But Dora also had, like, calisthenics. Uh, as part of the curriculum. It had uh, numbers and shapes as part of the curriculum. And so they had already gone through the process of of what it was like to do it. The difference between our shows and a lot of curriculum-driven shows is that our show also had a character who spoke directly to the children on television. So there were additional things that we had to do in the development of the show to make sure that we knew that the kids at home would be Communicating with Diego, so when Diego would tell him to stand up, would a kid at home stand up? Would he hop like Chinta, the baby chinchilla, you know, or do whatever they needed to do? And so there were these additional things that happened with Diego, that and with Dora also, who communicated to the kids directly um, on on camera uh, to make sure that that those elements the kids were responding to at home. So, so they had to do it just not only because of the curriculum, but because we had that additional element in our show of a character communicating through the camera to the kids.
0: Right. Um, do you have a favorite episode of Diego that you wrote that you you think is like this is the best? This is the best one.
1: Um, I don't know if it's the best one, but the, there's two that I loved. One was the Whirlywig Beetle. Uh huh. Um, because I was able to shrink Diego
0: to
1: the <laughs> uh-huh. size of the really big beetle, you know? <laughs> yeah. And and in a show like that, those things were super difficult to, like, get approved and be able to do and things like that. Because in the case of Dora, you know, the curriculum, because it was exploration and it was calisthenics and numbers, colors and things like that, you could have a chocolate river. You know, you could have a strawberry castle. Right. Have these things. But when you're dealing in a science show, those things, you know, we could never have a chocolate river. We could never have a strawberry castle.
0: Right. You know,
1: we had right. to really stick to the science and in terms of the way that the animals move, uh, the way they behave, like <clears throat> we had to be much, much more careful that there wasn't a lot of magical realism that entered into the episodes. So whenever we were able to do it, and in, in the Worldly Big episode, we were able to do it because it was it was a way for the kids to connect to the size of the Worldly Big, like the World Worldly Big Beetle. Uh, th- that was so tiny that I was able to sort of do that. But in most cases on Diego, we try to stay very scientific. And then the other one uh, was the African safari episode, because I, as as part of doing that episode, I decided to go to South Africa on safari to sort of just get, you know, really a good sense of what that was like, what safari was like. And I also wanted Diego to have a, uh, a human friend, not just animal friend. So I thought it would be really wonderful to sort of explore this idea that there's a kid just like him, you know, yeah. Yeah. on the other side of the world.
0: Right. He, and he... so that's
1: when that's when we introduce Yuma and and that character and and you know the the journey to find the the elephants that had been frozen like rocks.
0: Yeah. Um, are you surprised c- cause Diego Go Diego Go is no longer on the air. Are you surprised at all that that families keep coming to this show? You know, and, and I think for us it's always been we've Diego, always
1: Diego is actually still on the air. Oh yeah. It's not on the regular network, it's not on Nickelodeon, but uh-huh. it's like you can actually find it on the like the digital um channel on Uh, like a Nickelodeon. And then for a while it was also on Noggin. Uh And so there's actually still, Diego still runs every day on television. Uh It just doesn't run on the main uh, network.
0: And they're not making new episodes or or, are they?
1: We're not making new episodes, but it wasn't because the show wasn't doing well. The show actually was the first show to be Dora out of the number one spot. Dora Mm -hmm. had been the number one show in preschool Programming I think for four years
0: uh-huh.
1: and then Diego became the number one show when it when it uh, when it premiered and so the show was actually very popular the reason why they decided to end the show was because it was incredibly incredibly difficult to come up with new scientific storylines that didn't feel exactly this like the ones that we had already done mm-hmm. It was a hundred times harder to do an episode of Diego than it was to do an episode of Dora.
0: Well, right. It's like, it's grounded in reality versus like, you know. It's grounded in reality.
1: And it it was still, you know, it had to be story driven. It still had to be story driven, not information driven like Sesame Street.
0: Right.
1: You know, where you can just put a lot of information out there and the kids learn the information. This had to be story driven. And so, you know, after a while, you find out that animals really basically do three things. They sleep, they eat, and they poop. That's pretty much (laughs) what they do. To try to come up with more than 80 storylines, it was was almost impossible. And so I left after season three because I went and did a movie. Um, And it was during the hiatus. They were going to put the show on hiatus for a year to do the 10th anniversary of Dora Mm -hmm. uh, so that they could go into production on that. And so by the time they came back on Diego, I wasn't able to return to the show because of, I had other things going, but they only did one additional season. And they were just like, uh, we just cannot come out with any more animals, any, any more storylines. Right. It was yeah. just very, very difficult.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, grateful, grateful, grateful for what we have. Grateful for, for the what we have for sure.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, I mean, the thing that you find out about children, especially in that age, is that When you have a curriculum driven show, um, kids, because they're learning new things, they actually end up enjoying a second viewing or a third viewing of the episode even more because they remember more things. So when Diego asked them, you know, what did chinchilla like to eat? You know, Chinta, the baby chinchilla, or what did the baby macaw had to do? Or how did we get up to the truck? They may remember, let's say, 50% of the information the first time around. But then the second time they aired, they remember 60% and 70% and 80%. And so the kids really, they're very empowered by it because it makes them feel smart. Mm-hmm. And so shows like Diego, your kid can watch it over and over again and they'll enjoy it actually more than the first time because they feel so much smarter every time.
0: Yeah, that's that's great. Um, So so how can how can listeners um, who are interested in in you and finding out more about you and and all the work that you've done outside of Diego, which is. Uh, I don't think we're gonna be able to get into all of that but you do have a lot of other stuff to your credit um, how can how can we find out more about you and, and follow your career a little bit
1: um well I have no idea because I don't have a web page <laughs> <laughs> anything like that I mean I'm on Twitter at jalapeno uh-huh. films it's my my you know Twitter account
0: uh-huh.
1: uh, so I usually post when something comes up that's new. I recently had a movie on lifetime called the real MVP. And it was a true life story about Kevin Durant's mother oh, that cool. aired for mother's day. Uh-huh. And so in a situation like that, you know, I'll put something up on, on Twitter or something like that. I guess I should get a web page uh-huh. um, to, you know, talk about what I do. Um, but no, I'm usually, I mean, I just finished another rewrite on a film for a lifetime. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. I'm doing a pilot for Stars right now. I'm about to go and pitch another pilot as wow. well. So um, I have a feature animated film in production right now, but you're not going to see that for at least three years because uh-huh. it just takes, it takes a that long, long time. Yeah, but it's called Cheeto in the Land of Zo, uh-huh. and it's also it also takes place in the rainforest of Latin America. Okay, and. Um, yeah, so you know, I've got I've got several things going, but I I don't have like a, a specific way for people to find it except to follow me on Twitter. I would say.
0: Great. I mean, that's what I did, out of the blue. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, well, how about this? Can we make a deal? Let's hope in three years I'm still doing this, and let's hope in three years your movie opens big, and maybe we'll we'll get back together. That'd be awesome.
1: That'd be great. That'd cool. be great. I well, also consulted on a movie that will come out before then, um, but I'm not really able to talk about it because of of like um you pretty much sign your life away when <laughs> <Okay>. you consult
0: <laughs> yeah
1: but i consulted on a pixar movie that oh. is about to come out um oh. i think in 2017 okay called coco okay and it's a movie about a very popular holiday in mexico called the day of the dead uh-huh so they did a movie about you know uh th- themed around that holiday Okay, um, and I think it's I think it's going to be really wonderful and really beautiful. Um, awesome. So that'll come out I think in 2017, more than likely I would say. Great. Um, and I did a, a little bit of work on that as a consultant.
0: Cool. So we'll be talking before
1: your movie comes out then, hopefully. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. I can't <laughs> talk much about that to be honest with you. But Fair enough. People can look for it because it's, I think they're going to be really. I think they're going to be really happy with the cool. end result of that.
0: Great. Breaking news. Breaking news. 2017. <laughs> Can't wait. Um, so Lihia, thank you so much for, for taking the time to uh, to to talk to me and to tell me about your story. And thanks for being a, inadvertently a huge part of my family's life and, and lots of other families that I know. Uh, we really love Go Diego Go. It definitely qualifies as good stuff. And again, thank you for your contributions. It's been great getting to know you. <laughs>
1: I'm glad your kids enjoy it, and, and thank you to whoever is listening for um, watching Diego as well.
0: Cool. Awesome. Have a great rest of your day. Okay, you too. Bye-bye. Right. Bye. Thanks again, Talihia. You can find Go Diego Go on Amazon Video. It's a good show. If you have kids that are about four or younger, they're going to be totally, totally into it. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Duff.